Whether you're a pro athlete, an exhausted parent, or you just spend your whole day in an office chair, CBDMD wants to give you the support you need to make it through the day. CBD Freeze and Recover are outstanding duo of topical products with specialized formulas to provide targeted relief where it matters most. And to make it even easier to try Freeze, Recover, and every other CBDMD product, you can take 25% off your next order when you use the promo code NBA at checkout. Once again, that's CBDMD.com, promo code NBA for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD products from CBDMD. The Celtics had a chance, but they just got too sloppy to beat the best team in the NBA. And I'm talking about it on this Wednesday, Locked On Celtics. Millie, let's go. Crowd goes crazy, most in-depth coverage on the daily, mainly podcast royalty, the content kings. When you talk about the franchise with 17 rings, focus like Danny at the deadline. Global with it got a local feel like the red line, the blue line, the green line. Play it in between time. I'ma throw my C's jersey on in the meantime and press play. When the F's done, I can't wait until the next day. Trying to stay in tune with the C's, that's the best way. Melly. Hey there, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics Podcast. Thank you for making this show part of your daily routine, whatever it is that you're doing out there. I appreciate you downloading the show, taking me along with you in your headphones, in your earbuds, in the car, in the shower radio, wherever I live for 30 plus minutes a day. Thank you for making me part of your daily routine. I really do appreciate that. Today, the Boston Celtics are coming home. Home to Boston after a long road trip. Losers in Utah, 122-108. It was a little bit of a a late spurt to make the game a little bit, this final score look a little bit worse than it was. Celtics had their chances. I will say, you're probably not feeling great about this. I see the Utah uh, writers, the beat writers, and I will tell you that they're all impressed by the Celtics and we're saying these guys continue to fight. You you have to beat these Celtics. So I will start with a little bit of an uplifting note. It's I know we're not into moral victories here, but it was a good fight from the Celtics. They lose again 122-108. In this show, the good, the bad, and the big storyline, the good would be Daniel Tice, Jalen Brown, amongst other things. The bad, dumb fouls, and second-chance opportunities killed the Celtics. The third segment, I will reserve that for Kemba Walker again. And why it is not time to hit the panic button. Panic button talk is now uh, the big thing with Kemba Walker. It is not time yet. He wasn't good. He did not look good. I'm not going to deny what happened on the floor. I'm not going to deny that. But it's still not time to hit the panic button yet. That's coming up. The Celtics had their opportunities here. They won the first quarter, amazingly. They hit a ton of shots in the first quarter and held the lead and were right there, only down one going into the third quarter. The Celtics had their chances The Jazz are the best third-quarter team in the NBA. The Celtics are not a good third-quarter team 
and that manifested itself in a third quarter where the Celtics gave up 60% shooting to the Utah Jazz, and they lost that quarter by 10. That was, you can say, that's where the game was lost because even though the final score was 122 to 108, losing that third quarter 42 to 32 and not being able to stop the Jazz, that was that was really where this was lost. They lost the fourth quarter 32-29, but that was the end. It was I don't want to say it was garbage time. It was it was the Celtics, the fight was gone over the last couple of minutes. It was pretty clear that they had basically squandered this opportunity and it went from a close game to a not close game in a blink. In fact, the the score was 104 108-104 with 3 minutes and 10 seconds to go. So it was a 4-point game after a Tristan Thompson free throw. The Jazz after it was 108-104 went on a, what's this, a 14-4 to run to close the game that involved two Donovan Mitchell three-pointers, two Donovan Mitchell alley-oops to Rudy Gobert, and a Joe Ingles three-pointer, also assisted by Donovan Mitchell. I look at the box score, and aside from that burst from Donovan Mitchell, I don't even think that he was the story. And I talked about this on, on the Locked on NBA podcast. By the way, subscribe to Locked on NBA. I host the Wednesday show with Jake Madison, and we talked about this game uh, over there as well. But yeah, Donovan Mitchell, 36 points, 9 assists. I, I don't even think he's the big story for the Utah Jazz. That's not, that's not where this game was won. The game was won with Joe Ingles dropping 24 points on 5 of 11 from 3. It was, it was won... By uh, Bogdanovich dropping 16 points, uh, eight rebounds, four assists, and attacking the the freaking rim like he was LeBron James. I mean, really, when you let Boyan Bogdanovich just attack and dunk all over you, you got problems. He's a good player, but he's not supposed to be dunking all over you. The Jazz are a really good team. They're a really, really good team. This team that I saw out there is a verified contender in my opinion. I think that they've got, and this was them without Mike Conley. The Mike Conley-Rudy Gobert relationship is part of what's made this this team so good, and they didn't have that. So this team could even be better. I know the Celtics didn't have Marcus Smart, and maybe he would have made a big difference. Maybe he could have swung this game. But when you're playing a team like Utah, you cannot give up the types of shots in the third quarter, which were full of miscommunications. You cannot give up those types of open shots the Celtics were giving up. You you have to be precise. And I, I, I said this before the game. I said this. You, you have to be 100% precise against the Jazz or else this is what's going to happen. The simplest little mistakes, one little screw-up becomes a, a quick, Rapid succession, three-pointers. Okay, let's a, a couple of good things that happened. I, I do want to get into some of the good things. Daniel Tice was exactly what the Celtics needed him to be. He fouled out, which he doesn't often do, but five of six three-pointers, that's, that's a personal best. That's his uh, career high. 
five of six from three. The the Jazz were not really concerned with him. They were willing to give up the Daniel Tice three, and he burned them. This is important because he's shooting, what, 47% from three this season? It's legitimate now. Daniel Tice is shooting. His shooting sample is big enough where teams have to start accounting for him. If He, he doesn't have to hit five of six. Who's going to hit five of six every day? But Daniel Tice hitting a good amount of three-pointers, having the confidence to take them, having the confidence to make them at a good clip, a normal clip, two of five is good enough. That's 40%. Five of six is amazing, but word is going to start getting around. Okay, Daniel Tice is for real. You cannot leave him that open from three. Now, when this team is full strength, you're going to have to pick and choose, and Tice might still be the poison that you choose, but you're going to still not feel great about it. And especially if he hits that first one, that's going to impact defenses down the road. That's just something in in the grand scheme of things. In this game, it wasn't enough to win, but in the grand scheme of things, when opponents look at the Celtics, when you say, okay, we have to account for Daniel Tice, if, if that's how other teams react, then great. I will take that. That is a bigger win overall than beating the Jazz. So Daniel Tice's shooting was spectacular. Jalen Brown was phenomenal for most of this game. The first half was all him. He finished with 33 points, 8 rebounds. Uh, did not have an assist in this, which is a little unusual. No steals, no blocks. He did admit that his knee was starting to bothering him, to bother him for a little bit. That's not great, but he says it's on an upward trend. Great. Jalen Brown in the first half of this game was playing like a superstar. Like, he was doing things, uh, finishing at the rim, just the types of finishes at the rim. I was like, wow. I tweeted out, if you're even if you're not a Celtics fan, tune in to watch what Jalen Brown is doing. He was playing that good. I, in fact, he's playing so good, I, I don't know why the Celtics didn't Focus on like, hey, let's see, let's ride this hot hand in the third quarter. They waited too long to get him going. Uh, the Jason Tatum takeover in the fourth was also a, a good thing that happened in this game. Uh, I thought he was he was. They were really keying on him in you know overall in the fourth quarter. Nine points on four of seven shooting. He had an assist uh, overall. 23 points, 7 of 20 shooting, 4 rebounds, 4 assists. So of the 23 points, 9 of them came in that fourth quarter. Big fourth quarter for him, very necessary, but just as impressive was how he passed out of the double teams. They were blitzing him on pick and rolls, and they made that a concerted effort, and Grant Williams did a good job in those picks with Jason Tatum to get to the middle of the floor. And he attacked once. He passed over to Tice for a three on another one. I thought they did a good job with Tatum attacking those double teams. Also, shout out to Robert Williams, who I thought had a decent game uh, off the bench. 13 minutes, six points, four rebounds, two of three shooting. Um, Not obviously a perfect night, but 
for a, a team where the role players were eh in this game. Pritchard wasn't great. Ojale was okay, but not he didn't do anything. Um, I, I, I thought that Robert Williams had a decent game. Okay, that's all the good stuff. Up next, the bad stuff. And that's going to be all of the second chances and everything that they gave up. Uh, Kemba Walker's coming up in the third segment. This episode is brought to you by 1010. You may have read about this in the New York Times, InStyle Magazine, or Forbes, and I am excited to tell you about this. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful commitment ring. They're available right now exclusively at BlueNile.com, and when they're gone, they are gone. We all know that the diamond engagement ring is iconic. It is a timeless expression of the deepest commitment between two people. And with 1010, it's been beautifully reimagined and re-envisioned in the hands of 10 modern designers working exclusively with sustainably sourced diamonds. If you're ready to mark a special commitment or looking for a unique and meaningful way to celebrate Valentine's Day, you're definitely going to want to check this out. Again, this exciting limited edition collection of diamond engagement rings is now available exclusively at BlueNile.com. Have you subscribed to the Locked On Celtics podcast yet? You can wherever podcasts exist, and you can follow us on Spotify. You're obviously focused on the Boston Celtics. I'm focused on the Boston Celtics. You might miss the big sports stories of the day from outside the Celtics realm and in the sports world. That's why you need to subscribe to Locked On Today. It's a new podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's hosted by Peter Bukowski. It breaks down all the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts, and it's all done in under 20 minutes. So start your day with the new Locked On Today podcast. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, the bad. Bad things happened in this game, and more bad than good. Starting with... Too many second chances for the Utah Jazz. Now, the Celtics did a good job. In fact, the Celtics ultimately outperformed the um, the Jazz in uh, offensive rebounds. They had 11 offensive rebounds to the Jazz 10, which is nice. But the, the Jazz really took advantage of their second chances early on, just giving the Jazz two and three cracks per possession at at scoring that that really did the Celtics in the Celtics giving up multiple opportunities this is a team again this is a team that you it needs to be you need to be kind of perfect against these guys right now now whether you believe that they're a contender or the contender or better than the Lakers or not better than the Lakers this team right now is playing the best basketball in the league it's very clear you can't give them second chances. And the Celtics did that way, way too often. You know, you look at the, the game being a four-point game late, and you say, wow, they had a, a, a bunch of putbacks early. They had some dumb fouls that that you put them at the line. That's that changes the tenor of the game. When they are ahead and comfortably ahead. And you're not you're you're threatening, but you haven't t- overtaken them. Once you once you regain the lead, that changes 
the mentality. It, it just causes, when you lose a lead, it just causes that uh, mentality to change. Some guys, instead of working the ball around, they may have a tendency to say, okay, let's, let's get back. I, I can hit this shot. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give us the lead back. And that could contribute to a run because they're, they get out of what they're comfortable doing. But the Celtics gave up too many second chances and too many dumb fouls. In, in the fourth quarter, the, the um, Jazz went into the bonus with seven and a half minutes to go. I'm thinking of Grant Williams fouling Joe Ingles. They, the Celtics had gone on a run. They'd cut the lead down to four. And Joe Ingles cuts across the free throw line. And Grant Williams kind of hip checks him. And it was unnecessary. It You don't have to put your hands on him there. You could have defended without doing that. And by, by fouling and by virtue of them being in the penalty, what happens? He gets to the free throw line. He hits two free throws. And next thing you know, a, a, the run is over. The Celtics run that cuts it to four becomes a jazz uh, hit a couple of free throws and and bump it up to six. And then you don't get that momentum again. And that, that hurts. When I talk about putting teams in the penalty, you not only are helping your team by letting them score extra points, but you have the ability to do what the Jazz did here. 99-95, Joe Ingles gets two free throws. It's 101-95. And instead of the Celtics carrying momentum, they everything kind of stalls. They can sub in. They sub in Bogdanovich. They sub in Rudy Gobert. Okay, so now this run that the 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 Jazz were making, uh, the Celtics were making, by by getting to the free throw line here, everything stops. It's essentially like a timeout. You get the the matchups that you want in there. So now, you you've got Gobert back in there. You got Bogdanovich in there. You have this opportunity to to counter what the Celtics have been doing. So now. Instead of a four, the four-point lead getting down to two or one, they go, what, scoreless for, when's the next time they scored? It's another minute and a half later. So there's a big cold spell. And finally, Jalen Brown tips a, a ball in to cut it back down to four again. But that minute and a half of nothing happening coincides with Gobert getting back into the game. So, you play this out. No dumb foul. Play continues. Four-point lead goes down to th- to two or to one. May- do, do they call a timeout at that point? Maybe. Maybe they let them go one more. Maybe the Celtics tie it up. Maybe the Celtics take a lead. And that changes the dynamic, like I said. Mentalities change when the lead flips. But the dumb fouls, the penalty, changes that dynamic. So that's why you don't tr- you don't commit the dumb fouls. That's why you got to be disciplined. 
there were too many defensive lapses. Like I said, the Jazz shot 60%. They got 14 free throws in the third quarter. And it was just the Celtics looking around. Looking around and uh, getting into bad positions and gesturing to each other and saying, oh, I thought you were supposed to go here. Where were you? Like all of that gesturing on the floor, not communicating. They're not communicating. Overhelping. Jalen Brown, I tweeted out a, a, an example of Jalen Brown overhelping. Now, Jalen Brown does so many good things, and then that one little thing, you overhelp, and when they see other teams, good teams like this, see when you're overhelping. Gobert on the floor saw that, pointed, I think it was to Bogdanovich or Joe Ingles, when Jalen Brown turned around and realized, oh crap, I've overhelped, Gobert steps up and just, not even sets a pick, just sort of stands in his way. And Jalen Brown, instead of like running and maybe trying to contest, realizes like, well, I'm not going to run through Gobert. Like, uh, it's over. Play's over. I just got to hope he misses the shot, which he did not. Overhelping. Cannot do that. And if you notice, everything I'm saying is it just goes back down to discipline. Got to box out. Can't give up those offensive rebounds. That's discipline. Dumb fouls. That's discipline. Overhelping. That's discipline. Not knowing your defensive assignments. That's discipline. Now, why is that lack of discipline happening? Are you yelling at the at the your device right now or at the gym, yelling out loud so people can hear you? It's Brad Stevens, you moron. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe, maybe it's a lack of practice. Maybe it's the end of a long road trip. I mean, it's hard to drill these things home. What, what does the where does the discipline come from? Where does the the communication come from? The problem here right now is when you don't practice, you don't talk to each other. You don't. These are mistakes you should be making in practice, and the habits you should be building are in practice. This is what makes it hard. This is really where the Celtics, it's, it's hard for them to, to hone these skills. You're not, you're not sanding this down. You're leaving the rough edges out there, and that means they're going to get splinters. That's basically where they're at. A couple of other things here before I keep droning on. Uh, Jason Tatum, uh, driving, great, all of that stuff. I want to see him go through shot blockers. I thought one drive where he kind of like tried to fancily avoid Rudy Gobert. This is easier said than done because it's Rudy freaking Gobert. But when when you got a, a shot blocker out there, he's gonna jump. He's gonna try to he's gonna try to block your shot. Go into him. Go through his body. Force him to be excellent. Force the ref to see the contact and maybe draw the, cow, the, the draw the foul. Now, I will give Tatum uh, a, a bit of a break on this. I still think it's true. Like, he needs to do that more often. He avoids contact too much. But, like, three plays later, he did do that, and he didn't get the foul call. So, I can throw my hands up and be like, well, all, all I can tell you is just keep doing it and force them to call it. I'll let Jalen Brown sum this up and warning, some bad languages ahead. Hey, Jalen, the last couple of minutes when 
I mean, Donovan's a dude, but when he's hitting 30 footers and he's kind of, he's kind of showing the crowd and then Gobert gets those two dunks. You guys have to kind of take that personally. The teams are, you're the Celtics. They're trying to embarrass, embarrass you, but they're trying to pound you. I mean, do you take that, do you have to take that personally? Absolutely. Um, we, we fucking should take it personally. Uh, yeah, that, the fourth quarter was embarrassing. Uh, that's the time when we're supposed to be our grittiest, you know, and it seems like we just fell apart in a sense. And that's a lack of toughness. That's a lack of leadership. And that's a lot of that is on me, you know, as a leader of this team, I take responsibility for, you know, how we respond and how we come out. And in the fourth quarter, it just wasn't there for us. That sums it up. Okay. The, the Kemba Walker panic meter. Where are you at with that? I'm at a three, four, maybe. It's not that high. I'm going to talk about that next. BetOnline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football is over. Congratulations, Tom Brady. But the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers award shows, TV shows, reality TV. Seriously, you can get updated odds, real time, and props on almost anything you can imagine at betonline.ag. They've even got you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It is the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head on over to betonline.ag, use your mobile device, whatever. Sign up today, you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Whatever you deposit, they'll add 50% of that number, so you're basically winning right away. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. So that promo code is locked on. Sign up with that promo code locked on to get that 50% welcome bonus. Please gamble responsibly. Be sure to follow our social channels at LO Celtics on Twitter and at Locked On Celtics on Instagram. March Madness is around the corner, which means it's time for draft analysis. You don't have to wait until March. You can subscribe to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board podcast right now. I feel like he just analyzed a draft, and we're about to analyze another one. That's this weirdness. But he's got all the names. He's got his big boards out and whatever. Cade Cunningham, Jalen Suggs, Evan Mobley. Go ahead and subscribe to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board podcast to get all the information you need to know on these guys, all of the potential picks, everything on his big board. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Kemba Walker. You got to have this conversation, right? This is the big conversation right now in, in, in Boston Celtics world. Kemba Walker is bad right now. He's, he's not necessarily playing well. He's, he's been up and down. I'm going to be fair to Kemba Walker here. He's, he was good. A few games ago, he was good against the Clippers. Um, he He's struggling quite a bit. In this game, two for 12, one for four from three, two of two from the line. Seven points, seven assists, four rebounds, but not a good night. The passing was great. And I will say, he does still command attention. He is still Kemba Walker and... As far as opposing players are concerned, when you see Kemba Walker 
dribbling at you, or when you see Kemba Walker spotting up, he is still a threat. And so right now he is still being treated as such. So that has allowed him to make some of the passes. Seven assists to lead the team is good. So it's not like he's doing nothing out there. However, he was not good. Generally speaking, he was not good. Defensively, they attacked him. Offensively, he was dribbling a lot and not able to to get free for uh, the types of shots that he wants. And, And when he did get a couple of those, he missed them. So the question now is, what, what do you do about Kemba? Where, where are we with Kemba? So I asked Brad Stevens after the game about Kemba and, and, and what the team could be doing. Brad, another rough shooting night for Kemba. I know you have confidence in him, but is there anything strategically, schematically, that you, you feel like the team needs to do to maybe assist in getting him going? Yeah, I mean, I think we have to look at all of that, John. I mean, I think we've, you know, we didn't start the year with Kimba's necessarily set of actions in. We've added those over the last month. But I think we need to look at um, ways to do a better job as a as a staff of helping him. Um, and certainly, you know, um, I think that we'll, we'll keep going because I thought that he did a, you know, he struggled to shoot it in each of the last two games, but he's doing a lot of other things. And, you know, he's a huge part of us if we're going to be what we want to be. And I really, really believe that he will be that guy. I asked that question because I think the team can be doing some more. I think the team needs to be doing some more. Kemba's an important guy. He needs to get his confidence back. You need to find a way to get him some early, clean looks. Now, in a lot of ways, this is you're trying to sort of steer things. You're trying to kind of manipulate what you hope is a natural process. You know, it's it's almost like uh, one of those animal rescues where you you like a, a baby eagle falls out of its nest, and you'd like to think like you know, okay, mom and dad are gonna find it and feed it and save it. And, and there, there's a way that it can, it can survive and, and things will be good. Nature will take its course or you can kind of intervene and we'll just do this and do that and have our rehabilitators come in and we're going to save this. And there you go back to life we're, we're going to accelerate the natural process here. That's kind of where they're trying to save Kemba's game in a lot of ways. And you do that by running certain sets for him, making making sure that he's in a place where you're, you're getting him the most comfortable looks, the most comfortable um, uh, opportunities. You're putting him in advantageous situations. Now, you got to be careful that you don't do that at the uh, detriment to Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, but... I do think that you need to run some sets specifically geared towards getting Kemba Walker his bread and butter shots. The pull-up, the elbow pull-up, some some threes into, you know, a pull-up there off of the pick and roll. 
whatever it is, the Celtics have to figure out a way to get him going. You got to get him those those early looks. And maybe when he gets home, maybe he gets into the practice facility and puts up some shots and he just feels better at home. We'll say going up against the Utah Jazz, that's problematic. And when the Celtics are fully whole and Marcus Smart's around and whatever player they get with the traded player exception returns, like that could change a lot of the types of defenses that are played and the opportunities Kemba gets. There is still a lot for Kemba to work his way into. So when we look at the concept of a panic button, I'm not ready to hit a panic button yet. Some people are real they're they're done with Kemba. Some people are just done with Kemba Walker, which that's not that I don't think that's where they need to be. Mentally, I don't think you need to be in that in that headspace. What I think needs to happen here and I will again preach some patience with Kemba. That the last two games he has faced elite interior defenses. He's not had the full complement of his teammates. And yes, he's missing open shots, but he's working really hard to get to those open shots. And maybe getting them at uh, with a little bit of less work can be a way for those to start falling. He also needs time to figure himself out with the new and improved Jalen Brown and with Jason Tatum being the obvious guy. And I'll just repeat what I've said in case you haven't heard it. When he signed in Boston, Tatum wasn't Tatum. Tatum wasn't this guy. Jalen Brown sure as hell wasn't this guy. And Kemba Walker, at his age, with his skills, he, he has to adjust. He has said it. He admits it. He knows he has to adjust. So you got to give him more than 12 games. And you got to give him more than the few games that he's had with these guys to figure that out. He knows he has to adjust. Let's let him figure it out. So my panic button, people are talking panic buttons. NBC Sports Boston talked panic button. Mine is not that high. It's like a three or a four. Like, okay, yeah, I'm a little concerned. I'm a little concerned. But there's a long way to go before I'm like, whoa, geez. Ugh. I had a question. Somebody DM me and asked me about his trade value. And his trade value is not that high right now. Or not as high as it was. But when he gets to that level, when he, when he, what he needs to do to increase that trade value is play like a player that people don't want to trade. And that's where he is right now. It's just where he is. I think he just needs time. We've got to give him time. I mean, you don't have to, I guess. I mean, I'm not going to stop you. But I'm, I'm going to give him time because all of that miss, all that time off, the knee thing, if that knee is healthy, I think he just, 
he just hasn't had the amount of time necessary to be the player the Celtics need him to be. Talk about this more as the week goes on. Plus, the Celtics are playing. They're they're back home, and they've got a game against Detroit. Rescheduled game, so check the schedule. I'll be back post-game for that as well. Be sure you're subscribed to the Lockdown Celtics podcast. It's a daily Monday through Friday podcast, so if you're a new listener, please subscribe. If you're a regular listener, a five-star rating or a good written review would be amazing. And also share the podcast. Tell your friends that they should be listening to the Lockdown Celtics podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network.